Baseball's changed a lot over the past century and a half, but it hasn't changed so much that David Bednar versus the Cubs wasn't something just beautiful to behold. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates 4, Cubs 3, yesterday at Wrigley. Pirates take 3 of 4 in the series, and the fact that the lone loss was by a margin of 21 to nothing doesn't end up mattering in the slightest. If anything, the team's collective ability to bounce back from that the very next afternoon and perform as they did says more about them, far more about them, I'd say character-wise, maybe talent-wise too, than if it had just been a routine scenario. Yeah, Bednar was awesome coming in and mowing down Wilson Contreras and then Frank Schwindel with nothing but heat. Just mano y mano. Just boom, boom, boom. Here it is. Here's my best pitch. See if you can hit it. Oh, wait, you can't. Give me the ball back. Hurry, give me the ball back so I can get the next guy out. That's what Bednar was doing out there. That was his body language. That was his level of performance. It sure wasn't lost on Derek Shelton. Yeah, he's able to execute pitches. I don't think he lets the moment get too big. I mean, you know, uh, he gave up the double and Jake made the nice play. And then, you know, uh, Suzuki got the base hit and he, he, we were in a jam. And uh, he was just able to execute pitches. And, you know, this is a guy that has multiple weapons. Everybody thinks that, you know, it's just the fastball. But the curveball and the split are good pitches, too. And, and when you have to cover 98 and you also have to cover the other two, it makes it challenging. He really executed today. And you'd better believe it wasn't lost on Bednar himself. Uh, honestly, just one one pitch at a time. Just taking it one, as cliche as it sounds, just one strike at a time and then going from there. Good for him. Great kid. Local kid. Tremendous family. I've been blessed with the opportunity to meet them and enjoy their company. They're exactly what you'd want as part of the whole storybook young man from Butler County makes it to his hometown team fairy tale. But I'm going to take this one a little bit deeper because that's how this particular outcome and this weekend came across. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. No, it's not a good baseball team. No, it's not a competitive, much less contending baseball team. Yes, the Pirates are 8-8. Eight and eight. 
Yes, three of those losses were a sweep at the hands of the Brewers, who happened to be next. So all of this is going to end up getting, in all likelihood, washed away in short order, at least from the outcome standpoint. But what you can see happening on the diamond is the formation of a foundation. That was the one thing that I'd hoped to see from the Pirates' own perspective over the course of 2022. Nobody was expecting, nobody is expecting this team to hang around in anything. But there's a very real expectation, or at least there should be, that year three of a management group, regardless of the pandemic and the shortened seasons and the lack of uh, minor league action, particularly in 2020, regardless of all of that, there should be progress. There should be a significant, visible stride forward in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's awesome that O'Neill Cruz hit a walk-off homer yesterday in Indianapolis. Yeah, it's awesome that a Greensboro grasshopper second baseman, whose name I've already forgotten, ended up with a web gem that got national attention the night before. They're still called the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the place where all of this needs to start playing out is here in Pittsburgh in front of our own eyeballs. So when I look at yesterday, I look on one hand at the character of those involved and of the mindset and approach that's being instilled by Derek Shelton. And I say, okay, that, that is what you want to see. Because it wasn't just Bednar. It was Dylan Peters. It was Will Crow. It was Chris Stratton. Yeah, all the bullpen guys. But that also emanates from the manager after a Yet another shaky start by JT Brubaker, who wasn't feeling great. We also saw some timely hitting. We saw some hitting in volume. We saw some terrific defense. We saw some dubious defense, too. We saw Jake Marisnik with two terrific plays in right field in the ninth inning. And if he hadn't made even one of those, we wouldn't be talking about Bednar finishing off anybody. So full credit to all concerned on the culture front in the very early going. This team, as Ben Gamel has told me repeatedly, beginning in spring training and again into the season, believes in itself regardless of whatever else it hears on the outside. But the way more important part is that there's talent involved. Look, you can play all the pianos and the violins for the Bednar story. Fact of the matter is, the reason he got those guys out was because he could run it up there at 98. You know, he could come in on Contreras' fists and not even give him a prayer of hitting that baseball. Never mind what he did to Schwindel. Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, these are legitimately talented major league players. And if you want to have any kind of hope for the 2022 season, whether that's in the win-loss record or just further progress of the kind that I'm describing, Think of things this way. Hoy Park isn't here anymore. Now, I'm not picking on him. But when you see someone struggle in the very early going, that player's not going to be around for long. They'll frustrate you while they're here, 
but they're not going to be around for very long. Anthony Alford was in the fold over the weekend for a day, and then he was DFA'd, never even got back onto the field. That's how the business of professional sports works, and yes, it does apply to the Pirates too. Sooner rather than later, you'll see a player who isn't performing get replaced by Cruz or by Rowanzi Contreras or by people who have talent, by people who can make an impact in the bigs. And as each of those pins gets knocked down, you're going to be closer and closer to that culture that's being put in place mattering. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for J1Q. Today's comes from Joshua Froze, who asks, do you think the success of Chad Cool in Colorado will spell the end for Oscar Marine? No, I really don't, Josh. And look, I have not been impressed with Marine's work, to say the least. To date, I keep waiting for him to improve pitchers. That's ultimately what any coach's job is. At any level of any sport, is to take the talent that you have and make it better. There have been a handful of relievers, very obviously, who have gotten better. And that is at least partially to the credit of Marine. But, but, it still holds true as it has for a hundred plus years that a pitching coach is evaluated first and foremost on his impact on the starting rotation. The Pirates' rotation, of course, has been, continues to be, a catastrophe. That needs to turn around. Now, you're right that the last thing that you'd want to see in that context is to have a starter leave the Pirates and then magically find his way, never mind doing so in the mile-high atmosphere in Denver. But to date... Chad Cool, a great kid who, by the way, you'd never root against, in three starts, has been charged with two earned runs over 16 and a third innings, 13 strikeouts. And you can look at that and say, wow, that's awesome. He's been found. Except that we've seen that in Pittsburgh, too. We saw it even late last season. What you always have to watch for with Cool before, you know, an anointing him as some sort of successful reclamation project elsewhere is the control. And in his most recent outing, half of his pitches were balls. And against those 13 strikeouts, he had seven walks. And again, I'm not saying this to deliberately knock him. This is one of the friendliest, uh, most gregarious people you'll ever meet in any walk of life. There's not a bad syllable anyone's ever spoken about Chad Cool. And coming back from Tommy John surgery, you wish him nothing but the best wherever it is that he goes. But it's been three starts. And 
the command isn't fully there yet, if it ever will be with him. That's always, always, always been his issue. It's never been stuff. It's never been his ability to strike people out. It's been his ability to put the ball where he wants to put it on a consistent basis. If the Rockies can figure that out, great for cool, great for the Rockies. And yeah, maybe there will be some point of criticism to be had there of Marine and the Pirates evaluators and coaches. But I'm not going to lay down money on it, and I'll bet you wouldn't either. Marine's challenge is right in freaking front of him. He has too many starters who get too few innings and give up too many runs. Yeah, I understand. Brubaker was ill the night before he pitched. He took the ball anyway. He went out there. He toughed it out. (laughs) At this point, it, it doesn't matter what the explanations are. Not for him, not for Zach Thompson and that farcical start that he had on Saturday. Not for Bryce Wilson, who can never seem to get through one or two innings without some kind of damage. They've got to figure it out, or they've got to be out of the rotation. I don't care what complex, ambitious pitching plan that you have. If it's only working for the middle relief and the back end, you're going to have a problem. As beautiful as this bullpen has been to watch. This isn't sustainable. This is the pitching coach's task. It is to figure out these starters or to be able to go to management with confidence, knowing that you've only got so many names that you can cross off the list before they start blaming you and say, we need to get this guy out of here. Eventually, and this tends not to take very long, management which made the decision to sign these players and to put them in the rotation, is going to start wondering, hang on a second, what's going on here? How come the only guy in the rotation right now who's on an upward swing is Mitch Keller, and he had to go outside the organization to figure out how to get back to throwing 100 miles an hour? That's that's what's facing Marine right now, not anything related to Chad Cool. I appreciate the question. Really good one. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.